my book was supposed to come out on June 9th. I was at the peak of my career. Um, and my daughter's birthday was June 24th. So we waited just a little bit and June 27th, uh, I went into the hospital at uh, UW Med uh, for inpatient chemo, intensive uh, chemotherapy uh, treatment. And I had to be in the hospital for a whole week to receive that treatment as it was pretty, pretty serious and invasive. Um, once I did that, uh, we did another bone marrow biopsy and found out that it was in remission, but I was told that the form that I had was aggressive and I needed to have a transplant, a stem cell transplant uh, to save my life. Hi, I'm John Yeager, and this is a special edition of Bloodworks 101, the podcast brought to you by your friends here at Bloodworks Northwest with the idea that maybe it'll inspire you to donate either time money, or blood. With Mother's Day coming up, we wanted to dedicate this episode to cord blood stem cells donated by moms at childbirth. Yesterday, I spoke with Dr. Alexis Harris from the University of Washington and Dr. Christina Malief from Bloodworks Bio, who oversees our cord blood program. But why is a UW professor talking about cord blood stem cells? Just wait. Dr. Harris is a presidential term professor at the UW, She's a professor in the Department of Sociology, a faculty regent and faculty athletics representative. She's also a special assistant to the provost, director of the faculty development program at the University of Washington. But above all, she's thankful. I'm thankful for all the opportunities I get to do and just have fun on campus. It's a great, great space I'm in. But your intro says uh, that you're... Um, uh, that you, you, your work has spanned the criminal legal system, including juvenile uh, case processing outcomes and monetary sanctions. Your research fundamentally centers on uh, issues of inequality, poverty, and race in the United States legal system. You had this book a few years ago called A Pound of Flesh, Monetary Sanctions as a Punishment for the Poor, in which uh, details the ways in which uh, sentenced fines and fees put an undue burden on disadvantaged populations. Um, You've got a, a long history of, of being involved with the community, and I, first, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I also want to introduce Dr. Christina Malief from uh, Bloodworks Bio. Um, tell us a little bit about your cord blood work, Christina, if you could. So I am the program manager for business development for Bloodworks Bio, which includes our public cord blood bank. I'm very dedicated to cord blood. It's a passion of mine because it serves as a stem cell transplant material that spans all ethnicities. So when you're looking for transplant material, the most commonly known is bone marrow or adult donor stem cells. However, cord blood is really span bridging the gap between the demand and the need and the supply. So. Um, I focus on cord blood and collecting racially diverse cord blood for our public cord blood bank. And then we make those units available through the national repository to anyone and everyone in the United States who needs a stem cell transplant and is searching for the perfect material. And this is a Mother's Day episode of Bloodworks 101. And uh, that's why we're, we're speaking, uh, the three of us are talking about stem cells and um, um, cord blood. And uh, in May 2016, something happened to you, Dr. Harris. Uh, would you, uh, what, this seven years ago this month, tell us a little bit about that. 
Yes, definitely. So May 26, 2016, I was diagnosed with what's called MDS, myelodysplastic syndrome. It's a rare blood cancer um, that is similar to leukemia. Um, so May 26, I was diagnosed. They gave me a couple different options, but told me if I don't start chemo right away, I would have about 18 to 24 months to live. Uh, at the time, my babies were five and eight years old, and uh, it was really scary time for us. So uh, you mentioned my book. My book was supposed to come out on June 9th. I was at the peak of my career. Um, and my daughter's birthday was June 24th. So we waited just a little bit and June 27th, uh, I went into the hospital at uh, UW Med uh, for inpatient chemo, intensive uh, chemotherapy uh, treatment. And I had to be in the hospital for a whole week to receive that treatment as it was pretty pretty serious and invasive. Um, once I did that, uh, we did another bone marrow biopsy and found out that it was in remission, but I was told that the form that I had was aggressive and I needed to have a transplant, a stem cell transplant uh, to save my life. So immediately we moved forward with Be The Match to try and find a match. Um, the day I uh, got the notice that they were looking for a match, I got an email and the email said, you know, at some point in your life, you got on the registry and, to save a life and you now may be the person to save somebody's uh, life who's in need of a match. It's a double blind process. So I say my 20 year old self, when I signed up in college, was trying to save my 40 year old self. Um, and the, the person from Be The Match called me the next day and, and, and I, he felt, I tried to tell him nicely because he felt so bad. So, so I couldn't save myself. Um, my twin brother wasn't a match. There were two people on the registry who looked like it matched, but both declined to move forward. Um, so I was just there with cancer in my body coming back um, and waiting for something to happen. And uh, so finally in, in, I think it was, I don't know what month it was, we went, we decided to do a mismatch. I was told that my only option, option B, was to do a, a donor uh, mismatch, which maybe would extend my life for two years, um, but most likely the cancer wouldn't go away or would come back or I would have severe graft versus host disease that may take my life. Um, but my babies were five and eight and I said two years with them uh, is better than nothing, right? So we went in to sign the paperwork to do this mismatch and we met Dr. Uh, Filippo Milano, who is a Fred Hutch scientist and doctor, and he said, I might have an option for you. I might be able to save your life and it was a cord blood. He was the PI on a clinical trial with using cord blood. And uh, he had an embargoed article about to come out in, J in JAMA um, showing equal outcomes uh, for cord blood and uh, donor, 100% donor match. And so we went home, we had to meet with another doctor because he couldn't enroll us, but we met with another transplant doc, went through all of it and decided we would do cord blood. And uh, we had two bags, or I had two bags September 21st, 2016 and the female uh, child engrafted and that saved my life. Christina, I imagine that what Alexis just said is music to your ears. It is. Unfortunately, Alexis's story is just too common where the repository, the National Donor Program um, has been enrolling people for decades and decades. They're doing a fantastic job but there's no way of knowing when you're matched the situation of the person who took that cheek swab 
20, 30 years ago, they may not be able to donate anymore. They may have moved out of the country. They may no longer even be alive. And so we're focused on banking stem cells in a freezer that will always be available. One of the beautiful things about cord blood is that after delivery, when the umbilical cord is cut, it's normally put into the medical waste bin. And this is an opportunity to take something that is supposed to be thrown away and put it away in the freezer. The turnaround time between a match and transplant for an individual receiving cord blood is much, much faster than the time it takes to identify a match and contact an individual and redo the screening and then give them the treatments necessary for an adult transplant. So we think that we can close the gap by running our public cord blood bank and continuing to collect from our diverse population in the Seattle area, as well as in Hawaii, we collect at five different locations. We're very dedicated to making sure that people like Alexis down the line have access to similar outcomes with the proper stem cell treatments. Alexis, what would you want to say to parents uh, who donated their child's cord blood? Thank you. Um, that always gets me choked up because I won't ever be able to meet my donor. Um, but I just hope that all the parents who donate their child's umbilical cord blood um, tell them every day that they could be saving lives. Because little baby girl that saved my life doesn't know that she's a superhero. Um, but I'm just so thankful because what so many people consider as, me as medical waste, right, saved my life. Garbage saved my life. Um, and we need to have more and more hospitals and facilities that accept um, umbilical cord blood and, and work with uh, organizations like Bloodworks uh, to bank to bank this life-saving material. What would you What would you say to the child whose cord blood saved your life? As you're a superhero. I mean, the day you were born, you saved somebody's life. What better a way to start your life, your child's life, right? Is is to sending them that message. This is what we did to honor you. Um, to make sure that you grow into the person that cares about other people in this world. Christina, you once told me that um, the lack of sufficient diversity, I guess I could say, um, will have a lasting, almost decades-long impact on certain communities. Can you expound a little bit about that? Yes, so right now the issue is access to transplant material for people with uh, blood-borne diseases, cancers. However, the biotech industry is quickly moving into cellular therapy for numerous other cancers like solid tumor cancers, for autoimmune diseases, potentially for things like uh, dementia. And so the lack of starting material that is compatible with individuals for stem cell transplant will also translate into a lack of starting material for these new technologies. And so if we're not combating the gap in access to material today, the resources necessary to develop those cell therapies for individuals in racial, racially diverse backgrounds is going to compound over time. So it's so important today that we are collecting these cord blood units, that we are saving them, and that we are making them available, not just for stem cell transplant, but as these cell therapies develop out further for frontline therapeutics for cancers and autoimmune disease. So Alexis, I would assume that Mother's Day, every May comes around and has added significance for you, not only being a mom, but that, that act that happened 
all those years ago, um, that has an impact on you as a mom and you as a person. It, de it does. It definitely, um, what well, makes me thankful, uh, it makes me thankful that, to see my babies grow, um, but also thankful for other mothers and fathers out there who, who made this decision. May is an interesting month. It's this anniversary, but it's also the time of year where we do this great uh, activity at the University of Washington called Get in the Game with Be the Match. Um, and we just did it actually yesterday and it's exhausting, but it was so much fun. We I meet with um, before to the, the event with our different sports teams. So we met with football and men's and women's basketball um, and men's and women's soccer and uh, tell them a bit about my story and encourage them to come up uh, to campus uh, on at our event. And then they wear their jerseys and they fan out in Red Square and in the quad and just walk up to students and say, hey, do you wanna learn how you could save a life? And they bring them back to the table with the Be The Match representatives who educate them on the registry and give them the opportunity to get on the registry. Um, and so for me, that's that's kind of being a mom and helping to make sure that other moms and dads have a, the ability to live. But it's also kind of, you know, getting our students to understand the importance of engaging in activities where they can, you know, help be better people and, and make our community stronger. And Christina, what's your message then, you know, going into Mother's Day? It's just coming up in a couple of days. I think, as Alexis has mentioned, our goal as a mother is always to build better humans and leave the world a better place than we started with. And the first day of motherhood can be the day that you start doing that. And you can start it by saving a life with something that should go in the trash. And so why not start and continue motherhood with a superhero as your child and as you continue on building these beautiful humans? There's not anything greater I can think of. So there's really two ways to get involved. You could go to bloodworksnw.org and uh, search uh, for Cord Blood program and they'll, they'll uh, get in touch with you, Christina. And then Alexis, what was the, uh, what was the website you shared? It's bethematch.org. Mm -hmm. to get on the registry if you're 18, uh, between the age of 18 and 40 to, to donate. Well, I want to wish you both a happy Mother's Day. And that just about wraps it up for this edition of Bloodworks 101. I'm your host, John Yeager. See you next time.